good? Yes, he is. He is, he is. Hallelujah. What an awesome time we live in. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we give you glory for that which you are working within us. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to come to your word, to learn of you, to be inspired by you, and to hunger and thirst after you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you open up our eyes to the word of God as we meditate in it today and learn of you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, that you are our guide, that you are our strengthener, that you are our enabler, and that you partner with us in the gospel. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you make us look good in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you glory. We give you praise and we give you honor, Father, this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So today we start the sessions for soul winning. You are a soul winner. The moment you receive Jesus Christ of Nazareth as your Lord and Savior, you become a soul winner because your soul has been won into the kingdom. The moment you receive Jesus, you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You become a brand new creation. You are one with him in the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is given to you as a seal. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, <laughs> glory to God, that brand new creation comes forth. A creation that never existed before. The old you has passed away and the new has come. And you have within you the ability to do everything that God has planned for you. And yet we come up with excuses. I don't know enough. Or we're fearful of what man may think. Or we're fearful that we may be ashamed. And yet the greater one lives within you. But 1 John 4, 4 says, the greater one abides within. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So if the greater one abides within you, why fear? What can man do to you? Well, the Bible says, don't, <laughs> what can man do to you? Don't fear man, fear God. Because it is God who condemns you to hell. Well, it's really you who condemns yourself to hell. You see, what, what is evangelism about? Evangelism is about sharing the kingdom of God. Making a way in this world for the kingdom of God to take over. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a commission. Part of that commission was to <clears throat> take dominion. Then when Jesus came, he said, all authority has been given to me, so you go. 
you go. Take dominion. Take dominion. And yet we're fearful. Fearful of what? Fearful of man. Fearful of what might happen. Fearful of the consequences of what we do or say. But there's no place for fear in the Christian. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, doing the work of an evangelist, the Apostle Paul exhorted Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. What's that about? Well, if you picture a lightning rod, a lightning rod is pushed up above a building or above a structure. It is attached to the tips of the aircraft. It becomes a conduit for lightning to travel through to get to where it's looking to go. So a lightning rod on a building is pushed up above the building. So if lightning comes anywhere near the building, it will go to the lightning rod. And the lightning rod gives it a direct course straight into the earth. And so you are like a lightning rod for the kingdom of God into this earth. And the power of God flows through you into this world. God is looking to partner with you in this earth to see souls saved and his kingdom come. But if you're fearful, you won't allow that power to flow. You'll become a blockage instead of an open channel for him to flow through. But how do you become an open channel? It's by spending time with him, building your relationship with him, spending time in the word, praying. And as you build that relationship with him, so you will become the channel to allow him to flow. You see, Jesus gave us the example. He consistently went away from the disciples to spend time with the Father and pray. Spending time with the Father, he learnt what he was assigned to do and how to do it. So that every opportunity he had when he was out amongst the people, he could heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, and preach the kingdom. And he commissioned his disciples to do that. Exactly what he did. And so if he's our example. So as we read the word, we look at what he did and how he did it. And then we can learn from that and do the same. And you will produce the same. He said, greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father in John 14. And yet, what greater works are we seeing? So we need to spend more time with the Father. Spend time in prayer. So at the moment, most of Sydney is in lockdown. All of Sydney is in lockdown. Yeah. So what a great time you have to spend more time with the Father. Hallelujah.
and stop your whinging and complaining. Because when I read the word of God, I find the children of Israel consistently whinged and complained. And every time they whinged and complained, they got into trouble. So instead of whinging and complaining about the difficulties you're facing, thank God for his provision. Thank God that you are alive. Thank God that he has a plan for you. And the Bible says his plans and his purposes for you are for good and not for evil. So stand on the word. Stand on what God's word says and stop listening to the world. You see, if, you, if all you're ever listening for is the latest report, hmm, what is breaking news? What is breaking news? Breaking news is breaking you. Stop listening to breaking news because it's already been shown that the most of the news is false. Most of the news that you hear on the commercial radio stations and television stations is false. Why? Because it's trying to position you to f cause fear to come upon you so that you will bow your knee to the demands of the world. And yet God says, stand fast, pray, and seek his face, and do what he says to do. You see, who is the God of this world? Satan is the God of this world, system. So the systems of this world have been set up and overtaken by Satan and his kingdom. So who are you listening to? Whose report will you believe? So I believe the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says, nothing shall by any means harm you. The report of the Lord says, though 10,000 fall at your left hand and 1,000 at your right, nothing no plague will come nigh your dwelling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. And give him praise. Not living in fear, living in faith. Living in faith that what his word says shall come to pass. And as you stand up and demonstrate the kingdom, so you have an opportunity to preach the kingdom and share the kingdom. So in this world of confusion, in this world of fear that we live now, faith shall stand tall. So you will know where people stand when you hear what they say. Why? Because out of the depths of your heart flows the issues of life. What is in a person's heart comes out of them when they're under pressure, under fear. Their mouth will speak and utter the words that's deepest in their heart. So if they are in fear, they'll offer words of fear. If they're in faith, they'll offer words of faith. So there's an opportunity for you to share your faith in the midst of fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So become God's lightning rod into this world. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. The dynamis of the Holy Spirit will flow through you. So what is the key to, the, to evangelism?
to it producing fruit that remains. Why? It's, it's fruit that remains that the Father takes pleasure in. So our heart's desire should be to produce fruit that remains, not just go into mass production of fruit. It's mass production of fruit that remains. And, and if you preach a social gospel, it's not based on the word of God, but it's based on lovey-dovey, wishy-washy stuff. You won't produce fruit that remains. Because the kingdom of God is separate from the kingdom of this world. Praise God. There's a, a, a marked difference. You can't blend into this world. The Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men in the hope that I may win some. But I become all things to all men, not by becoming them, but by listening to them, by hearing where they are, and then having an opportunity to speak into it. Not condemning them, not putting them down, but lifting them. You see, God lifts people. He doesn't condemn. The devil condemns. So it doesn't matter where a person's at. You can listen to them, hear where they're at, but don't condemn them. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, it's good, but I'll show you a better way. Here's a better way. Here is a better way. Yeah, a better way. Yeah, you, you pray five times a day, that's good. But listen, here's a better way. How about moving into a relationship with your heavenly father who created you? Hallelujah. Yeah? And then you can have the peace that I have and not have fear. Not be worried about where my next meal's going to come from. Not be worried about where my next paycheck's coming from. Why? Because God is my source, not this world. Not my employer. God is my source. And he's my provider. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm a tither. <laughs> Why? Why do I tithe? Because I'm in the kingdom of God. So as a child of God, your heart is to tithe. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? So that others may be blessed. You see, that, that's what evangelism is all about, is to bless others, yeah? To bless others with the same thing that you've been blessed with, a relationship with the Father who created you. Hallelujah. So to produce fruit that remains, you need to have a union with the Holy Spirit. You need to be in union with the Holy Spirit. You need to build that relationship with Him. So as you... As you read the word, study the word, meditate on the word, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you from the word all the parts that are pertinent to you. That is the pieces that God is working on you in so that there is more of him coming out of you and less of you. You see, he'll begin to reveal to you the parts of you that need to be adjusted the parts of you that need to be put off. The Bible says to put off the old man and put on the new man. So it's a process, and the process is ongoing. 
as you grow closer to him, there's more of the old you that is revealed to be put off. Glory to God. And that allows more of him to flow through you. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when you build that union with the Holy Spirit, so then the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow out of you. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah. Well, I don't see that. But I do. You see, you might not see it because you're fearful that it won't happen. But the word of God says it does happen. So therefore, keep doing it until it happens. If he said to you, you'll lay hands on 99 people, or you'll lay hands on 9,000 people, but the moment you lay hands on the 9,001, they'll get healed. So then what do you do? You go back to the other 9,000 and keep laying hands on them until they receive healing. Why? Because now you are opened up to the revelation that lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not might, they shall. Not maybe, they shall recover. You lay hands on them, it's you're releasing the greater one who is in you to flow into them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, I've seen many people healed. All glory to God. Jesus told us to go and heal. Yeah? But what is that? It's me laying hands on somebody else and allowing God to minister what he has provided. Healing for the lost. Healing for the broken. Healing for the wounded. Healing for both mental and physical problems. Healing of relationships. Healing of the memory. So the memory of the past, you may have been through traumas of the past. But God has made it available to you to be healed of those traumas. Cellular memory can be healed. So you could have been touched in a certain way that's caused a bad memory. And everyone who touches you in that place rehearses that memory. But that cellular memory can be broken in Jesus' name. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I now speak into every person who is suffering from that cellular memory. I break its power off them in the name of Jesus and command it to be released now and leave their body. Get off them now. Get out of their sphere and leave this nation, Australia, and never return in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I release your peace, your love, your light, and your life into them now. That where there was cellular memory, it has been overwritten by the love of God. And the light of the revelation of God is flowing into them now. That they shall be healed. They are healed and made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You see, that's one of the gifts of the Spirit flows when you minister healing to people. Hallelujah. And it is a tool for evangelism. Why? Because so many people in the world are suffering some kind of pain, sickness, disease, be it hereditary or be it self-inflicted. 
And yet Jesus offers healing. And so the body of Christ has the tool to move into the, the world and bring healing so that we destroy the works of the devil because he is the one that brings sickness and disease and infirmity and pain and calamity. But glory to God. If you live in the kingdom of God, you have the answer for their problems. And as you minister to people healing, then they're open to receive the revelation you have of the kingdom of God and the message of salvation through Jesus. Hallelujah. So allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow through you. Release healing. This word of knowledge and word of wisdom. So sometimes people that you're talking to, they, they need a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. And you have the ability to deliver. But you don't have to try and think of what it is, what, what it is. Trust him. He said, when you open your mouth, I will fill it. Don't be worried what you're going to say when that moment comes. Trust the Holy Spirit to deliver. And he will. He will give you the words to say. I've done it many times where I think I'm just sharing testimony. And the person looks at me and says, how did you know all that? No, I said, know all what? You just described me to a T. I said, well, it's not me. It's Holy Spirit. He knows you. He knows where you've been. He knows the problems you're having. And he can set you free. Glory to God. So then it gives you the opportunity to pray with them. Hallelujah. See, and many times when I begin to pray with somebody, they tell me a part of their problem. Then in the middle of it, I start to pray other things that the Holy Spirit's given me to pray. And then when I'm finished, they say, how did you know all that? Well, Holy Spirit did. I didn't know it. He did. And he wants to set you free totally. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's fun living in the kingdom. Yeah? It's fun seeing people set free. So you see, if evangelism isn't something that I have to do. He said, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. So some people read that and say, oh, I have to do it. Well, no, wrong attitude. Evangelism isn't something I have to do. Evangelism is something I get to do. It's a privilege. Hallelujah. And and when you see it as a privilege, glory to God. Holy Spirit, show me how. Holy Spirit, give me words. Holy Spirit, open up my mind to see the revelation that God has for me so that I can do exactly what he has planned for me. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you see that the great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, Jesus was beginning at verse 18. Jesus came close to his disciples and he said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. All authority of the universe has been given to me. You see that all? So circle the all in your Bibles. Circle it, all. All, underline it, all authority has been given to Jesus. So if all authority has been given to Jesus, how much authority does the devil have? 
<clears throat> exactly. Only the authority you give him. So don't give him any. Because Jesus said, all authority in the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. You see, he didn't say make converts. He said, make disciples of all nations. Glory to God. So there's a responsibility to us as believers to make disciples, to disciple people after the kingdom. Glory to God. So now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget, I am with you every day. Even to the completion of this age. To see Jesus promise them that he would stay with them every day. You see, he never leaves you. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Huh. Glory to God. He goes everywhere with you. David described him, Lord, even when I go down to Sheol, you're there. No matter where I go, you're there. Yeah, he's with you everywhere. Yes, whatever you're doing, he's there with you. Holy Spirit abides within. Glory to God. And then in, in Mark 16 and verse 15, Jesus said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel. As you go into all the world. What is all the world? I don't have to go to Africa. I don't have to go to other nations. Your world is where you live. If you can't lead somebody to the Lord in your world where you're living right now, you're not going to do it when you get to Africa. You're not going to do it when you go somewhere else. You need to be doing it where you are. If you're winning souls for the kingdom of God in your world where you are, God will send you elsewhere. He will send you to other places. He'll make it happen. Why? Because you are producing fruit for the kingdom and you're a faithful laborer. <clears throat> if you're a faithful laborer in the kingdom, God will position you where you will produce the best fruit, fruit that remains. Fruit that gives him glory. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. Glory to God. So those who believe, receive. Those who reject, are rejected. Yeah, so you see that the gospel isn't about choosing Jesus or the devil. There's no choice in that. Choosing Jesus or choosing the devil is not what the kingdom of God is preaching. It's not what the gospel message is about. The gospel message is about choosing Jesus or rejecting Jesus. That's it. 
choose Jesus or reject him. You choose Jesus, you're in the kingdom. You reject Jesus, <laughs> you've rejected the kingdom. Glory to God. That's it in a nutshell. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the good news of the gospel of the kingdom is Jesus came to set you free. He came to set you free from all bondage, from all sickness, from all infirmity, from poverty, lack, and want. He came to set you free so that you no longer live in fear. You no longer live in worry. Stress has no anchor on you. Glory to God. It has no hook in you. Stress has no place in the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. So if you suffer under stress, then your faith is not in what God says. Your faith is in what the world says. So, Father, I repent. Hmm? Father, I repent for allowing fear to have a foothold in me. I repent for allowing stress to take a hold of me. Holy Spirit, help me to move into faith. That what God says in his word is true. And that I need not fear what man says or does. Hallelujah. So the good news. <clears throat> these miracle signs, Jesus goes on and says this, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. So it doesn't say will accompany pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists. It says will accompany those who believe. So these signs can accompany any believer. So a person who has just received Jesus as their Lord and Savior is a believer. So I like to immediately get them to do something for the kingdom, share their testimony, or pray for the sick. Allow a new believer to pray for somebody who is sick. Glory to God. And see God move instantly. And they're healed miraculously. Hallelujah. Not just a healing, a miracle happens. Thank you, Jesus. And then see their face light up. Glory to God. It's fun. Yeah. It brings great joy when you see people who you have led to the to the into the kingdom it brings you great joy to see them do the kingdom work eh? and to see the joy of the Lord all over them. <clears throat> so these signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons. Glory to God. So in the Western world, we think, oh, no, only demons in Africa. That's where they all manifest. Yeah. Or Amongst tribes, glory to God, in, in other nations. But no, you've got demons everywhere, <laughs> demons in Western world, <laughs> sometimes bigger and stronger than what they are over there. But glory to God, we uproot them and cast them out. And no, I don't have to fight the demon. Glory to God, all I have to do is speak to it in the authority that Jesus has given us. And he sets us free. I've seen plenty of people set free by casting out demons. Hallelujah. 
And no, I don't go looking for demons behind every tree. Eh? Don't have to. It's when they manifest in front, cast them out. Glory to God. I don't have to look for them. <clears throat> Why? Because I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So my focus is always on him. Yeah? <laughs> you see that if the devil can't beat you, he tries to join you so that he can draw your focus from the kingdom of God onto him. You see, most people, when they're confronted with a problem, the first thing they do is start to bind the devil. It's a wrong focus. That's not what the word says. It says, seek first the kingdom. Yeah? Seek first God. <laughs> if I seek him first, worship God, then I just turn and speak to the devil and he flees as in terror. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, my focus should always be on God. My first call is always God. Thank you, Jesus. So sometimes when I've injured myself, hit myself with a hammer, working as a tradesman, you often do things like you have your finger in the wrong place or your hand in the wrong place and it gets hit or you cut yourself. Or I say, praise the Lord. And people look at you and think, what are you praising God for? You just hurt yourself. Well, no, I'm praising God because he's the one who can heal me. He's the one who can set me free from the pain, set me free from the injury. He's the one who can heal me. So then after I've praised him and given him thanks for my healing, then I can speak to the problem. Hallelujah. You see, you have to get it right in right order. Yeah? When I worship God, move into his presence, all the pain and the, the problems of this world fade away. Hallelujah. And then in that time of prayer and in the time of worship, you'll get answers of what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Hallelujah. He's good. <clears throat> so you, they will drive out demons in the power of my name. See, it's at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. So in his name, you drive out demons. Not my name, his name. Yeah. And then because I have a relationship with Jesus, they under, the demons understand, oh, I've heard about you because you're in the kingdom. And that authority that you speak with, they understand it. Why? Because you are a kingdom person. You're not in the kingdom of darkness. You're in the kingdom of light. And you see, demons have heard people who speak from the kingdom of light. And they understand that authority. And they do what they're told. Glory to God. So don't just stand there and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Why? Because all that does is catch their attention. And they're standing there waiting for you to tell them what to do. So tell them, get out in Jesus' name. Get out of the person, get out of this region, get out of this nation. Leave and never return in Jesus' name. Hmm? Cast them out of our nation. Glory to God. And you don't have to deal with it again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
So they will speak with, they will speak in tongues. Glory to God. Tongues is a powerful tool. In the book of Corinthians, chapters 13 and 14, you'll find there that there's three different types of tongues that we speak in. We speak in the tongues of men, which is our English or Tagalog or French or German, Swahili, whatever language you speak in, that is the tongues of men. But then there is the tongues of angels. So angels have their own form of communication. Glory to God. And by the Spirit of God, we can speak in their language too. And then there is the other tongue, which is mysteries under God. And what that talks about is a personal tongue that God has developed for you only. And so only God knows what you're saying. Nobody else can understand and the devil hates it because now he doesn't know what you're saying. Hallelujah. So why do you think the devil is so bent on squashing tongues? It's because tongues opens up the spirit realm. Tongues opens up your spirit. Tongues gives you a voice into the spirit realm. Tongues gives you power to move in the spirit like never before. Hallelujah. So don't put down tongues. Lift it. Lift up your tongues. Hmm? Pray in English, pray in tongues. But you'll find you'll pray in tongues more and more. And the more you pray in tongues, the more revelation you'll receive. And the more (laughs) understanding you'll have. Hallelujah. So pray in tongues more. And now that you're in a lockdown, if you're not going to work, then you can be spending seven or eight hours praying in tongues. You can spend seven or eight hours reading the word. Glory to God. You can pray in tongues while you read the word. Why? Because it's been proven that tongues is totally separate from your speech part of your brain. Hallelujah. So you don't understand it? Begin to pray in tongues and then count to 10. And you'll find out that, hey, I can count to 10 while I'm praying in tongues. Hey, I can read the word while I'm praying in tongues. I can can be praying in tongues while I'm doing everything. Glory to God. Don't stop. Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Hallelujah. So you can be praying in tongues all day. Thank you, Jesus. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. Glory to Jesus. You're supernaturally protected from drinking anything poisonous or from being bitten by anything that's poisonous. Thank you, Lord so that nothing by any means shall harm you. Jesus said that in Luke 10 to his disciples when they returned after seeing demons cast out. Hallelujah. They were all excited, but he said, don't, don't get excited about what you can do. Get excited about your name being recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's recorded in heaven. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your name is recorded in heaven. So get, get excited about that. He said, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Why? Because my name is recorded in heaven and I stand on what God's word says. I stand on his word. And in his word, he says, I am set free. In his word, he says, I can stand firm. In his word, he says, I'm healed. 
In his word, he says, nothing by any means will harm me. In his word, 10,000 fall at my right, 1,000 at my left. Glory to God. But nothing by any means will come near my dwelling place. Thank you, Jesus. So your household is protected. Why? Because you are in the kingdom of God, standing on the word of God. But you need to speak it out with your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. So you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Glory to God. Then the person looks at you and says, thank you. No, I didn't heal you. Say thank you, Jesus. So whenever somebody receives healing by you laying your hand on them, tell them to thank Jesus for it. They'll want to thank you. But no, I didn't do it. Jesus did it. Jesus paid the price for you to be healed. And it's because he paid the price for you to be healed. When I lay hands on you, he can heal you. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's, it's not me, it's him. Yeah. So Jesus then, he, he was lifted up to heaven after he gave them this commission. <clears throat> and he sits on the right-hand side of the Father where he intercedes for you. He's praying for you constantly on the right-hand side of the Father. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. You see, and, and the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them. You see, when we go out and do the work of the evangelists, when we lay hands on the sick, Jesus heals them. Jesus is the one who does the work. When we cast out devils, Jesus is the one who stands there and enforces it. Hallelujah. As the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he consistently, consistently affirms the word that you preach. Thank you, Jesus. So then in the book of Acts, Jesus said this to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Thank you, Jesus. So, but you will receive, you will receive. So give that a circle. You will receive, not maybe, you will receive power. And so we know there the word power is that word dynamis. The Greek word dynamis, it's a strong word. It's a powerful word. It means strength, power, and ability. The word dynamis inherits its inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Dynamis is power for performing miracles. Dynamis is moral power and excellence of soul. Dynamis is the power and excellence which belongs to riches and wealth. Dynamis is power and resources arising from numbers. 
Dunamis is power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, hosts. Glory to God. So you see, Dunamis gives you miraculous ability, miraculous power, strength, efficiency, and might. Glory to God. You see, everything you need to do what God's asked you to do is in Dunamis. The power, the strength, the ability, the miraculous ability. Thank you, Jesus, for that miraculous power. Thank you, Lord, for dunamis. So you receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So here it is. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So what is Jerusalem? A city. So you will be my witnesses in a city. You will be my witnesses in Judea. Judea is a region. So like New South Wales. So we have the city of Sydney. We have a region of New South Wales. And to the ends of the earth and Samaria. So witnesses in Jerusalem, the city. In Judea, the region. In Samaria, the nation. So he deals with cities, he deals with regions, and he deals with nations. Thank you, Jesus. And to the end of the earth. So he told them to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. So the disciples went to the upper room and waited. And then in Acts 2 and verse 2, it says, And suddenly, I love God's suddenlies. (laughs) And suddenly... So they've been waiting for a little while. The day, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, so it was 50 days they waited. 50 days they waited. Would you wait 50 days if God told you to wait? I'm sure you might wait one or two days. Day three, when's he coming? Day four, when's he coming? One week, when's he coming? How long have I got to wait? I've got to go and do this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got to earn money for my family. Oh, I, I've got to go and feed the dog. I've got, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You start to think about all the things that you could be doing or should be doing. Yeah? And pressure comes on. Will I wait? How long do I need to wait? Yeah. Day 40. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. I've got to go. Hmm? Day 49. How many left on day 49? Why? There was 500 of them that heard the message to wait. But on the day of Pentecost, there was only 120 left. So there was 50 days they had to wait. But some of them couldn't pay the price. Are you prepared to pay the price no matter what? You see, there is a price to pay in the kingdom. It's called laying down my life to choose his life. It's not about me, it's about him. It's not me, myself, and I. It's all about Jesus and what he wants. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So 50 days and suddenly. So after 50 days, suddenly. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. A mighty rushing wind. If you hold your place there and go to Psalms 104, 
Psalm 104 and verse 4. And we read there, God makes his messengers, who are the messengers? Angels. So Hebrews shows us that his messengers are the angels. So when God makes his messengers, his angels, winds, wind. He makes his messengers winds. His ministers a flaming fire. Glory to God. So you see, with when the Holy Spirit came, he came with a host of heaven. He came with God's messengers, the winds and the flaming fire. Glory to God. So, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So the house was full of angels and divided tongues as of fire appearing to them. Angels appearing to them as tongues of fire. And divided tongues of fire appearing to them and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory to God. So you see, when the Holy Spirit came, he came with the hosts of heaven. He came with angels assigned to each person. Glory to God. So you have angels assigned to you to work with you. <clears throat> so when you speak, it's as if God speaks. And the angels listen to your words. And when they hear God speaking through you, they go and do what you say. Hallelujah. So it's a powerful tool that you have to pray and to speak and to decree the kingdom of God into your region, into your city, to bring light, life, and love into your world, the world where you live. So the city you live in, the region you are assigned to or that you live in, and the nation that you live in. Begin to pray over them. Pray for the leaders of your nation that God will give them wisdom, his wisdom, and bind all ungodly counsel from interfering with your nation, with your region, with your city in Jesus' name. Shut down the devil's kingdom in your region and in your city and in your nation. Hallelujah. God is so good, yeah, and we have so much time left <laughs> that I can read more. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. The Word is so awesome that we can continue to read from it and get more and more revelation from Him, yeah. <clears throat> So we read in, in Matthew 9:38 and also in Luke 10:2. You can write those scriptures down. Look them up later. Jesus he tells his disciples that we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest and plead for more workers to be sent into the harvest. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. 
And that word, that phrase that says to be sent into the harvest or pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest, that's to send, to be sent. The Greek word there is ekbalo, E-K-B-A-L-L-O. And it's translated three ways. It can be to cast out. So when you're casting out demons, that word is used. It can be to drive out. So you're driving out demons, that word is used. It can be to send out. And that's where this word is, to be sent out. You're sent out. So the Greek word used here in this passage means to bid one go forth to do some business. So it's not God asking you, will you go? It's God saying, this is what I need. Go and do it. He needs you to do his business. There's souls to be saved. There's people to be set free. And he's giving you the opportunity to receive a crown, to receive a reward in the kingdom for that which you have done. So he's making a way for you to grow in the kingdom and to receive. But you need to do it. So he's not saying it would be really nice if you could do this. No, he's saying this is what needs to be done. Go and do it. But but that's not the God I know. Yeah, well, read your Bible. Don't listen to a social message. Listen to what the word of God says. God's saying, here's the opportunity. Go and do it. But he doesn't. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Why? Because time is short, if you haven't noticed. If you read the book of Revelations, a third of the population of the world dies in one plague. Glory to God. And meanwhile, you worry about what people will think or what people will say or what people might do. I'd be more worried about what God thinks. What does God think about what I'm doing? Hmm? So he's already given you the commission. Go and evangelize. Go and be a witness for him. Hmm? So... To bid one go forth to do some business. Go and do some business for the kingdom. So the business here is the kingdom business of destroying the works of the devil. Taking dominion for the kingdom of God to bring heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And our main task is to reap souls into the kingdom of God. So you see, oh, but Jesus is not like that. He's all lovey-dovey. Yeah, is he? Why did he plait a whip when he found money changers in the temple? You think he just plaited the whip for fun to show that he could make one? 
No, I think he was well intent on using it to drive them out of his father's house. Because he said, my father's house is a house of prayer for all nations. Hallelujah. Don't abuse the house of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't abuse the temple. Give him thanks every day. Thank you, Father, that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that nothing by any means shall harm me. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So are you a soul winner? That is, are you seeking to bring people into the kingdom of God? Do you look for opportunities? You see, if you, if you read the word and find out how the gospel message is shared, so first it comes with a seed. So you have an opportunity to sow a seed. You have an opportunity to water the seed. And then you'll have an opportunity to reap that seed. <clears throat> so sowing the seed is the first process. But that's, that seed that you sow could be a word or a deed. A word you speak to somebody or a deed that you do for somebody can be the seed to open them up to receive the gospel message. <clears throat> so sowing a seed can be a word of encouragement, could be a word of knowledge, could be a word of wisdom. It could be a healing. So a healing is a deed that you've done. Yeah? It could be a helping hand to somebody who's in need. It could be a gift. So that gift could be financial or it could be food or it could be clothing. It could be a book. It could be anything that you have in your hand. So the seed is a word or a deed that drops into a person. And when we look at the process that a seed goes through, you remember we studied that seed and we found out that within the seed, it, it has stored energy to allow it to wait for the right conditions for it to germinate and begin to produce. So once a seed is planted in a person, that seed is waiting for the right time. And the Holy Spirit, has an opportunity to move on that seed. Why? Because you have planted the seed into the person. So you could be a plant, planting a seed in one person, you could be watering a seed in another person, and you could be reaping another person all in the same day. So the seed you sow into a person gives the Holy Spirit that opportunity to move because the Bible tells us it's the Holy Spirit who convicts men of their sin. So it's not me convicting someone else. I'm not looking to, I don't have to prove the Bible. I don't have to convince people that the Bible's true. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts men that it's true. Glory to God. All I have to do is stand on it. Stand on the word. In 1 Corinthians 5, we read there about the judgment. 
1 Corinthians 5. There's a judgment that comes that's actually we might read. How are we going? Good. Awesome. We've got time to read it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 5 is a powerful chapter. <clears throat> but I'm in 2 Corinthians. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5, sorry. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. I'll start. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And starting at verse 1, we are convinced that even if these bodies we live in are folded up at death like a tent, we will still have a God-built home that no human hands have built, which will last forever in the heavenly realm. Hallelujah. So there's a promise that if you're born again, when you die, you go to heaven. Hallelujah. And God has built a home for you in heaven. You have a house in heaven. You have a place in heaven. And that lasts forever. When does eternal life begin? The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So we inwardly sigh as we live in these physical tents, longing to put on a new body for our life in heaven in the belief that once we put on our new clothing, we won't find ourselves naked. So while living in this tent, we groan under its burden, not because we want to die, but because we want these new bodies. We crave for all that is mortal to be swallowed up by eternal life. And this is no empty hope. For God himself is the one who has prepared us for this wonderful destiny. And to confirm this promise, he has given us the Holy Spirit, like an engagement ring, as a guarantee. So Holy Spirit that you have received, he is your guarantee of eternal life in heaven and a home that God has planned for you. So Paul goes on in verse 6 and he says, that's why we're always full of courage. So are you always full of courage? Then Encourage yourself in this chapter. Be full of courage. He says, even while we're at home in this body, we're homesick for what to be with our master. For we live by faith and not by what we see with our eyes. Live by faith and not by what you see with your eyes or what you hear with your ears. Verse 8, we live with a joyful confidence. Yet at the same time, we take delight in the thought of leaving our bodies behind to be at home with the Lord. So whether we live or die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. Okay? Live your life pleasing to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Live your life pleasing to the Lord. So make it your heart's desire to please him always. For one day we will all be openly revealed before Christ on his throne so that each of us will be duly recompensed for our actions done in life, whether good or worthless. So that is the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the judgment seat of the Father where you go heaven or hell. This is the judgment seat of Christ where you give an account for the deeds that you've done in the flesh. 
thank you, Jesus, yes, you will give an account for the words that you have said and for the things that you've done. Matthew twelve thirty eight tells you that you'll give an account for every idle word. You'll give an account for every idle word. That is every non-productive word that you speak. You will give an account for it. So that's why I often say to people, be careful what you say. Watch your words. Because Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, you'll have whatever you say. Thank you, Jesus. So make sure that your words produce for the kingdom of God. So then verse 11, since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to him. So make it your passion to persuade others to turn to him. Yeah, glory to God. So we know that our lives are transparent before the God who knows us fully. And I hope that we are also well known to your conscience. Again, we are not taking an opportunity to brag, but giving you information that will enable you to be proud of us and to answer those who esteem outward appearances while overlooking what is on their heart. So don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge people what you see on the outside. It's what's in their heart that God looks at. Glory to God. So if you are out so if we are out of our minds in a blissful destined uh, blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God. But if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly. It's his love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. Are you fully convinced that Jesus gave his life for you? Then you need to be. So this means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we, do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. You're a brand new creation. Hallelujah. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new. And he has reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So your ministry is a ministry of reconciling people to God. Be it through healing, be it through whatever means, is necessary to win them into the kingdom. That's why you have a toolkit. Your toolkit is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you have the greater one living in you who is able to work through you. 
So you need not fear man or fear what the world thinks. Fear God and cause people to be reconciled to him. So verse 19, in other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. Hallelujah. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door to reconciliation to God. So your ministry is opening the door to reconcile people with God. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the door. He's the door. So when you introduce people to Jesus, you're opening the door for them to have a relationship with your heavenly father. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 20, we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So when you are sowing a seed, when you are watering a seed, when you are reaping a seed, it is God speaking through you to that person. So that's why it's not a pressure on me to perform. God doesn't put pressure on you to perform. He puts pressure on you to go, to go and do. Yeah. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Speak now. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the right time. He told his disciples to wait. Yeah, that was then. This is now. Now he's saying, go and do. Go and do. Go and do. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Through our union with him. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you come into union with him. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Glory to God. So if you are in union with him, why fear? What do you fear? I don't fear nothing but God. And what is my fear of him? It's I, My fear isn't of God in terror. My fear of him is I, I love him more than I love anybody else. So I don't want to upset him. I don't want to make him ashamed of what I do. I want him to be well pleased. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, he talks, he says there, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't share the kingdom. Woe is me if I don't do what God asked me to do. So he said he became all things to all men in the hope that he might win some. So you see, a listening ear. So why have we got two ears and one mouth? I think we're supposed to listen more than we speak. Yeah? I think God was trying to get something through. It's not just to balance your head. He could have given you two mouths. Yeah? And, and then you might have been more double-minded than what you are. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> but you speak with one mouth. But listen. So look for the opportunity to speak the kingdom. 
to share the kingdom. And then the Apostle Paul, he talks about discipline. So I'll leave you with 1 Corinthians 9.16. If you read 1 Corinthians 9, read it 16 through to 27, and you'll find there that you need to discipline yourself. So even in your sharing, discipline yourself that it's not me, it's him. So that you don't take any glory for yourself, but you give him all the glory. Hallelujah. So he who wins souls is wise. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, we can come to your word and learn of you more and more. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the revelation that you've given to us this day from the word. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who are listening to this message, that their hearts will be stirred to evangelize, that they shall receive the conviction of the Holy Spirit to move out and to speak with a boldness, that a boldness come upon everybody who's listening to this, everybody in the sound of my voice, I speak boldness upon you, that you will rise up and speak the word of God. Speak that which is given to you. Do that which is commanded of you, that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that you do good things for people, for good things are coming your way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is a good day. The glory of the Lord is in the house. Which house? Your house. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And his glory is looking to reside in you. So that wherever wherever you go, he goes with you. Whatever you do, he's doing it with you. He longs to work with you. Won't you just let him? Thank you, Jesus. The Father, we thank you. Father, I pray for every person here this day, that that boldness come upon them this week. And for the rest of their days, they rise up in a boldness to do your bidding, to speak that which you put in their heart, to act on the things that you have shown them to do in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you bless people abundantly this day. In Jesus' name, that whatever they have need of, you have provided. So they need not worry or stress about anything. But Father, you've already planned the blessings to flow into their household. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Have you got a song you want to sing? Or we run out of time. Okay, at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Be on call. You have no excuse. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) At two o'clock this afternoon, we have prayer. Yeah, glory to God. So get on channel and pray. So it is pray and fasting. So go and have some water now (laughs) or whatever you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. And at two o'clock, so you have a little time. You could have a nana nap between now and then. If you desire, but make sure you set your alarm clock and don't sleep through it. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So be blessed. And if you have any prayer requests, then please put them on the message part or send it through our um, our page. 
at harvestnowchurch.com. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Go online, send us a message, send us an email, yeah, and we'll put it across our prayer team, and we'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever it is you have need of, yeah, let us help you. Thank you, Jesus. So you want, no, we'll just do the benediction, eh? Yeah? We good? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So rejoice always. Yeah, well, that keeps you happy. Rejoice always, no matter what you hear. So in good times and bad times, learn to praise the Lord. Yeah. So rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. There you go. Pray without ceasing. But I run out of English. Pray in tongues. Thank you, Lord. So pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. But I hurt myself. Give him thanks for the healing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thank you, Lord. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He is surely, he will surely do it. He's faithful and he will surely do all that he said he would do. So the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.